Hi, I'm Rhea. And I'm James. And this is Ether and Icor, a podcast about the stories behind stories in folklore, fairy tales, mythology, and the Gothic. This week, we're talking about the Vampire Diaries. Yeah. This was another of James's choices, uh, because much like Buffy, I did not watch it while it was airing. But unlike Buffy, I retain knowledge <laughs> of this, not least because I watched it so very recently, yeah. but also like I just I couldn't absorb Buffy and I was able to absorb this more, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I typically do not fare well with the CW and it's <laughs> <laughs> I understand that the CW is going to be just like teenage garbage, you know? Mm-hmm. And some t- like there is certainly a place for teenage garbage. I was a teenager once, but for the CW in general, mm-hmm. I just never get into it. So when you said you wanted to do a Vampire Diaries episode and you wanted me to watch some Vampire Diaries, I was like, I okay, I'm not going to enjoy this, but I will watch it for the sake of the podcast. <laughs> and I enjoyed it. Yes. I really enjoyed it. I was telling you, it's a good show. The three series that exist. (laughs) Yeah. Because it finished after three series. Yes, I've seen all of it. I've seen all three series. Mm -hmm. That's all there is. Yes. No more happened. Uh Uh-huh. What a shame. The originals maybe happened. I haven't actually watched that. (laughs) That maybe happened. But yeah, I got into it while it was airing. My late husband and I watched it on the recommendation of our girlfriend at the time who sold it as vampires with polyamory and that's really all you need i would have been sold on it yeah that's all you need to sell me on something there we go we're in i'm like okay i'm here (laughs) tell me more i really enjoyed it the first season like when we started watching it was like okay it's just gonna be like teeny kind of vampire stuff but that's fun like i'm fun garbage yeah it's, it's fun garbage and i'm here for that and that's fine and then it gets really good <laughs> it yeah. was like oh okay huh and then kevin williamson was one of the showrunners and then i was like oh okay it's kevin williamson and kevin williamson for those who don't recognize the name is the screenwriter for scream scream 2 not scream 3 which is hot garbage Scream 4. Not fun garbage. No. And Scream 4. He also wrote The Faculty, which is great. And he did Dawson's Creek, actually. Really? Yeah. Which I think is why he was reluctant to do this. Because he was like, I've done like a high school drama. I don't want to do that again. Mm -hmm. Um, But Julie Plek, who was the other showrunner and eventually kind of took over in the later seasons that don't exist. (laughs) She convinced him to do it kind of by selling the small town with a dark secret aspect of it Mm -hmm. rather than the like high school shit. Yeah. And I think that definitely comes across Mm -hmm. in how the show is framed because like you just keep forgetting these people are in high school every (laughs) now and then they say something about going to class and I'm like, huh? Oh, right. We're pretending you're not 35. Okay. (laughs) But what are you talking s- about? <laughs> Stefan's clearly 17. No, not for a long time. <laughs> and not like in the vampire way. I mean, that man has not been 17 <laughs> for quite some time. He was turned when he was 17. That's why he looks 17. <laughs> of course, in those days. <laughs> Life was very hard for a 17-year-old in Mystic Falls. <laughs> 
But like they will just not have any scenes to do with high school for Mm -hmm. several episodes and then come back to the school. And I'm like, why are we here? (laughs) The thing is, though, they can get away with that because of the pacing of the show is it's really tightly paced. The first couple of seasons happen over the span of maybe six months. Yeah. The episodes carry on from like the next episode might be later that same day or that mm-hmm. same night and then it's this the next day so you might have a span of like three or four episodes that's a weekend or like a friday night after school over the weekend so they don't need to be in school yeah for several episodes it doesn't need to come up and it, that helps i haven't read the books jason my partner did give them a go and was like you know they're not so bad that my eyes are bleeding but they're <laughs> oh, not high praise but they're not good <laughs> like it's just like fun bad fic you know mm-hmm. but the town is mel is um it's not mel's church it's fell's church in the books rather oh. than mystic falls i like fell's church better like it sounds more like an actual town name. yeah it does <laughs> it's probably the only thing that's are there any falls in mystic falls i don't recall any yeah okay elena and stefan hike up Oh, right. Okay. On that episode. I, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So the dark town with the, the dark town, the, ta- <laughs> the small town with the dark secret thing is, is very cool. Like I remember the, like watching the first few episodes and being like, this is silly because I, I made you start watching from episode five, I believe. Yeah. Um, I did not see the first four episodes. No. The pilots, like all pilots, just, yeah. you know, exposition central. It's very rare that a pilot handles things in a non-clunky way. (laughs) I remember watching it and, like, when you find out that the town knows about vampires and they have this secret town council thing and, like, they're like, yeah, we've had all these bodies drained of blood. I think we can say for certain that the vampires are back. And you're like, wait, what? You guys know about vampires? (laughs) That's new. And it's just, it adds a cool element of threat Mm -hmm. that wasn't established that makes it more that it's just about oh she's gonna find out that the boy she likes is a vampire and the drama is there it's like no it's that the whole town is secretly aware of vampires and want to kill them yeah like i said that the vampire diaries is largely much more mature and smart Mm -hmm. than i expect a cw show to be but there are moments you know like when they started with the whole like oh She's in love with him and she doesn't know he's a vampire thing. I was like, ah, there's the CW. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then it's not that bad, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, I did not expect her to have figured it out by the end of episode five. Yeah. It only takes five episodes for her to go. And even then, beforehand, she's going, what is going on? Something's weird. Mm -hmm. It's the end of it where she's like, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot deny the evidence that is in front of my face. I also really like... You get it for a while in series one like that. No, we can't be together. Like, you know, (laughs) it's too hard, all the secrecy. But I like that it's character driven because you Mm -hmm. have established early on that Elena hates lying. Mm -hmm. And she's having to lie to everyone she cares about to protect Stefan, who she also cares about. And she's like, look, I won't tell anybody your secret, but it's too hard for me to actually be in a relationship with you right now. And then it sort of goes back to, I care too much about you to not be in a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. You know, they, it does have CW teen drama aspects over it, but it's, I think it's well written. Yeah, you know? it is surprisingly mature mm-hmm. and it is very well written. I really like from the aspect of 
the town at large that it comes back to the classism Mm -hmm. thing the narrative of class dynamics that you often get in vampire media Mm -hmm. in this case it's not the vampires that are well no the salvators are founding family members (laughs) but you have the whole thing of the founding families and then is it elijah that's like oh yes the founding families they stole this land off the the black mm-hmm. people that lived here first, like they stole this land from them. Mm-hmm. And the vampires who had established themselves there in the 1860s, mm-hmm. um, like Pearl and Catherine, they'd bought property and things. And when the founding families, in inverted commas, killed them all, mm-hmm. they took their land. And they yeah. like that's how they sort of became so even more wealthy and have even more power over the town because they owned all of this property suddenly mm-hmm. and we were going to talk about the show setting it yeah setting itself in civil war era america mm. and it's kind of similar to why we have the vampire chronicles with louis mm-hmm. because if you're going to talk about vampires in america in terms of class mm-hmm. the quickest easiest way to visually do that is to I don't know, have your vampires running around a southern plantation. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Which is, I get that you're not seeing the big cotton fields, but that's a plantation house, and the visual shorthand that they're using is, this is the class that inhabits this kind of house. Yeah, yeah. And seeing that kind of house, for an American audience, Mm -hmm. you immediately know what the class situation is, who these people are, who the people you're not seeing are mm-hmm. although i don't know that that's necessarily common shorthand i can't speak for the general american public that's mm-hmm. why i don't live there anymore <laughs> but <laughs> for me at least and i know i'm not alone in this you show a plantation house and immediately you have an idea of who it is you're seeing here and who it is you're not seeing yeah and what that absence means yeah So it makes sense for the Vampire Diaries to use that because while we're talking about the people in the plantation house, we're also talking about the Bennets and and the witches and people who are not in the house. Yeah, because you have the the Lockwood estate and like the Lockwoods are the Tyler's dad is the mayor. They're the most powerful family, I guess, in the show. The Lockwood estate has the old slave quarters. Uh Uh-huh. Which is actually like the werewolf dungeon, <laughs> but yeah. But when Tyler's like, "What is up with that old place out in the forest on the old Lockwood estate with the bars and stuff?" And she's like, "Oh, we don't like to talk about that, honey." Yeah, I bet you don't. It's like, yeah, no, you don't, do you, Carol? You don't want to talk about where the no. money came from, do you, Carol? It's not uncommon for people who marry into that money to immediately mm-hmm. adopt the lifestyle oh, yeah. as as if they were raised in it as well. I really enjoy that it's still, like, a thing in the high school students Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, like, their generation because you have, like, the Miss Mystic Falls competition and Caroline's, like, weighing up the competition. She's like, okay, well, you've got this girl who's only there so that they don't say that it's all about the founding families when actually it is. Yeah. Like, she's, like, the token non-founding family nominee. Uh But she's not going to win because it is all the founding families that win. And then you have Matt and Vicky... Mm-hmm. And their mom hates Caroline on principle because, like, she used to get picked on by Liz and the other kind of founding family mm-hmm. girls in high school for being 
Paul, you know, they have a shitty house. Matt has to work. Matt's 17 and has to have a job because mm-hmm. his mum's bailed on them. He's running that house, essentially. Oh, it's okay. I'm his mom now. Yes, I know. Um, Like, Vicky says to Elena, like, you always look down on me. Yeah. You know, and I had to watch you break my little brother's heart while you were looking down your nose at me. And I would say that that's not a conscious thing on Elena's part, but Vicky is absolutely right. Oh, yeah. To pick up on it. Mm-hmm. Like, Elena would never consciously do that, but it's just a thing. Yeah. You grow up in that environment. When John shows back up and he's trying to t- tell Jeremy all about that, you're a Gilbert, you know? There's a legacy, a family legacy that, you know, your dad would want you to be part of. They build up this founding family l- legacy in all of the journals and stuff from the, uh-huh. the Fells and the Gilberts. And all of the families have these journals which sort of would you say they're diaries (laughs) they are indeed the voiceovers in the first few episodes with the diaries did i see any voiceovers yeah there's something like episode five i just completely shut them out of my head because they disappeared so fast (laughs) yeah and that's another thing that there's a few signals that are kind of shorthand for we are not the books and we're going to move away from the books so if you're watching this because you liked the books, sorry, sorry, <laughs> and I mean more than just like basic changes of names and like the name of the town and things. Like so, in the books, Damon has a familiar, which is mm-hmm. a, a crow, and that shows up in the first few episodes. You have the crow flying around and like signaling that Damon's about doing shifty things, <laughs> and like he uses it to lure Caroline to him when he's trapped in the basement. Um, oh. when Stefan's got him locked up trying to desiccate him yeah when he does break out they come in the house and find the crow dead he's drank the crow's blood because he needed blood and he couldn't get out of the house because it was daytime mm-hmm. and he didn't have his magical ring <laughs> <laughs> I also like the change of law for that because I think in the books it's just that like lapis lazuli is a magical stone in and of itself that right. protects them from the sunlight. Interesting. Whereas in the show, it just happens to be that their rings are made of that. Mm. And like the, everyone else's, the other vampires that have something that lets them walk in the daylight, be it a necklace or a ring, it's not specifically that metal. It's just mm-hmm. been spelled to them. I really enjoyed that, actually, just mm. for the humor of it, because you have so much of... Liz and Damon <laughs> and Liz is just like well I know it can't be these people because they're walking around in the sunlight and Damon's just like hmm yes that's correct <laughs> and that and that is dragged out for so long and it's funny the whole time mm-hmm. the whole time it's funny <laughs> I love their friendship like Damon like genuinely considers Liz one of his friends yeah. by like halfway through season one like at first he's just using it for information mm-hmm. but then he's like to Caroline hey be nice to your mom because <laughs> he cares about Liz it's, it's delightful <laughs> it really just is. everything about this situation is delightful <laughs> and when Mason tries to be like hey Damon's a vampire and Liz is like no Damon is my friend yeah he's done more for this town than anyone else yeah <laughs> oh Damon one of the other things 
the like signals that they're not the books is the the diary thing mm-hmm. like you have elena and steph writing in their journals and like you get the odd voiceover in that and then there's i don't know if it's like episode six or seven but at some point elena goes to write in her diary and then puts it down and she goes downstairs and says something to jenna like you know i was gonna sit and write in my diary but i was like no you know what i'm just gonna go and do something i remember that that's yeah. in an episode i've seen yeah it you was have, funny. Yes. And then you have Damon reading Caroline's copy of Twilight and being like, <laughs> ugh, this is garbage. <laughs> and I know that Twilight is just uh, Stephanie Meyer's Mormon fever dream, mm-hmm. but it's more in the vein of the Vampire Diaries books than any other vampire media. Right, yeah. So just Caroline being like, why don't you sparkle? <laughs> He's like, because <laughs> I live in the real world where vampires burn in the sun. <laughs> He's just flipping through and he goes, ugh, I miss Anne Rice. (laughs) She had it so on the nose. Yes, Damon, yes. I mean, yeah, but also, (laughs) sorry, I'm just, I'm halfway through Prince Lestat and the Realms of Atlantis. And I, I don't know, I don't think my brain works anymore. I think Anne Rice has come back from the grave to personally kill me. (laughs) One thing I appreciate is how the law gets set out in this universe. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the vampire effects of, like, yeah. the, the blood rushing to the eyes. Like, the eyes kind of go red and, like, you see the, the veins It's interesting. And then the teeth come out and the fangs are good. And I like the bites. The bites look like full jaw bites. Mm-hmm. They're not, like, two pinpricks. Yeah. Like, it's a full-on bite, which is why they can get away with saying it's an animal attack. The first few episodes establish, like, the powers and the effects. So, like, you see the fast-paced super strength, fast reflexes, mm-hmm. flying kind of thing. Like, they're not flying, but they can jump really high. Yeah. The cloud gift. The cloud gift, <laughs> yes. Um, Sorry to bring back Anne Rice again. And the the, but... the mind gift. No, shut <laughs> up! Compulsion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when Vervain first comes up, it comes up fairly early, I think. It's definitely in by episode five. That would be why I remember it as coming up very early. Yeah, it comes up reasonably early because, like, Zach, their uncle, grows Vervain. I think they inject Damon with it. Yeah, there was definitely a thing with Damon and Vervain. When they're trying to keep him contained. Yes. And stop him from doing his evil schemes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Damon and his evil schemes. Mm-hmm. His evil scheme is just, I want my dom back. <laughs> and he's valid. Oh, um, sweetie. She's terrible and I need her. <laughs> it's nicely kind of pay- like the whole show is really well paced but like the law kind of comes out in nice little bite-sized pieces when damon turns vicky that's how you see how the transition works like that's a, yeah. like it's a cool way of showing how somebody gets turned into a vampire like you'd have to die with their blood in your system and then you have to feed and the blood working as a healing thing as well mm-hmm that's cool even before you like you get the whole how vampires came to be law it just makes sense within like the established world as it is that like vampires can heal super fast Mm -hmm. the blood is the reason something i really like about this lore is that time period you have to essentially decide whether yeah. you want to be a vampire or not because it is a big thing I and mean, we keep coming back to Anne Rice yeah. but it is a big thing in the Vampire Chronicles that Lestat 
didn't get to choose. Mm -hmm. And so having this full day, essentially, yeah. where you get to decide whether or not this is something you want mm -hmm. is actually very good yeah. and very cool. I like it a lot. I do too. And that gives that interesting reveal and motive behind why Damon has this grudge against Stefan. Mm -hmm. When you find out that he essentially forced him to turn because he didn't want to be alone. Yeah. Stefan makes that choice himself. Yeah. Damon had decided, with Catherine's gone, I don't want to be a vampire. I only wanted to turn to be with her. And mm -hmm. if she's gone, I'm just going to die. And Stefan is like, no, I don't want to be alone. And presents <laughs> a bleeding person to him. Yeah. And like forces him to drink, essentially. Getting that backstory was so interesting yeah. because at first you just kind of have this antagonistic relationship between the brothers. And it's like, oh, the evil brother versus the good brother. Mm -hmm. But the more information you get on their backstory, the more complicated their relationship becomes. And mm -hmm. it's a lot more interesting. Yeah. It kind of seems like the only motivation is that they both loved Catherine. Which would be valid. Yeah. And it's like, that's why I don't like you because you loved the same woman as me and you were a competition. But it's not yeah. that. Yeah. There is an element of it because like Damon didn't, know that she turned Stefan as well. If we're looking at this conversation from the point of view of Damon and Stefan, mm -hmm. they're pawns in this 3D chess game that Catherine is playing. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Good for her. I Catherine, her. I respect you. <laughs> she's great. She's gaslighting. She's gatekeeping. She's girl bossing. I love her. She's the worst person in the whole world ever. And I just think she should be allowed to do whatever the <laughs> fuck she wants. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's great. Honest to God. Like, oh, Catherine Pierce, I love you. She's terrible. Queen shit. Yes. On her queen shit always. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like, Damon and Stefan, you know, squabbling over her whatever. That's not really the situation. <laughs> <laughs> no. Neither of them knew the situation. Catherine knew the situation and she also knew that they didn't know the situation and she was just kind of cool with that. Yeah. It's like, they don't need to know everything. I know everything and that's enough for me. Mm -hmm. And I just respect the shit out of her. Yeah, I really... <laughs> like, I... She's the worst person. Mm -hmm. I cannot stress this enough. She's terrible and I adore her. Mm -hmm. I love the thing where she's like, oh, you guys are so fucking stupid mm -hmm. dying to save me. Like, I had saved myself already. I was long fucking gone. Yeah. And you guys nearly ruined it. Mm -hmm. I was safe and you guys nearly wrecked all of my plans by coming to save me. Fuck off. Yeah. Did I ask? <laughs> yeah. 1-800. Did I ask? And I then like that. when Damon, I don't, did we say don't? Like, we've already spoiled so much, yeah. but uh, hey, spoilers. <laughs> but when Damon, like, finds her again, he's like, oh, I've been <laughs> I've been moping about you for a century and a half. She's like, oh, I was partying in Chicago. <laughs> like, get over me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Anna or Pearl that tells him. Yeah, yeah I think, it's, I think Anna. it's Anna. Yeah, she's yeah. like, she's known where you are the whole fucking time. She doesn't yeah. care. Yeah. Like, Stop worrying about Catherine. Help me with the rest of this shit. Like, yeah. Catherine doesn't give a shit. Like, yeah. she doesn't give a shit. And, God, Damon and his little emo drama 
mood that he's been in for a hundred years. Oh, I just think he's precious. <laughs> but you fucking idiot. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But, I mean, that's I, Catherine wouldn't have enjoyed them as much if they weren't idiots. No. That was half the fun. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to say, like, while we were discussing Damon and Stefan with regards to Catherine, I think it's worth pointing out that neither of them knew what was up. They continue to not really know what's up with Catherine because Catherine doesn't think they need to know, and mm -hmm. that's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Damon knew that he was drinking Catherine's blood. He knew, yeah. He knew that. Like, he did that willingly. Whereas she slipped Stefan some blood. Yeah. Uh, when I said I liked the having that time to choose, I was not talking about <laughs> Damon oh, no. and Stefan. That again, like their still, whole deal is different. They still had the time to choose, though. They, yeah. Like, they would have died because they got shot trying to save her. Mm -hmm. And again, they didn't need to do that. Mm -hmm. But they made that choice. Well, Stefan made that choice. You get little things with with Vicky when she's she's turning and she's she's like, I have to pee. Why do I have to pee? Aren't I dead? <laughs> like, I love Vicky. Mm -hmm. I was so upset. Like, she was the first when yeah when she dies dies. Yeah. That was the first one that I was really really upset because yeah. I thought she was so cool and I was so excited to watch more of her and then she's just gone and I was like, what the fuck. And that started off a string of really cool female characters being killed. And I was like, I can't believe you're making me watch this <laughs> CW bullshit where all of the cool girls get killed yeah. because we can't have cool girls on the show. But like, like I, I, I'm mostly over it now. It's just when I was watching it, I got real angry. Yeah. I got real angry. Uh, you have the episode where Damon takes Elena on the road trip. Oh, that was messed up. Mm-hmm. But, like, he doesn't compel her once. No. And, like, he's, I like, mean, he does kidnap her. Yeah, like, he saved her from the car and was just like, I'll bring you along with me. Yeah. Rather than taking you home or leaving you here, I'll just bring you along. And he's <laughs> like, well, I can't be in Georgia. What? That's how I felt every time I've been in Georgia. <laughs> it's just funny because the show's filmed in Atlanta. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like, okay, he didn't compel her, but... That's getting off on a technicality. He did still kidnap her. Like, mm -hmm. that very much did happen. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I really like how much Damon likes Elena. Just yeah. from the off, he likes her. He's willing to trust her. And he is so hurt the first time she betrays his trust. He is so hurt. Yeah. She's like, you know, I expected this from you, Stefan. And he's like, but you, I trusted you. Yeah. Like, he's so hurt because he he really does like her. Yeah. I think he likes that, obviously, she's not Catherine. Like, she's a good person. But he likes that she stands up for herself and just doesn't put up with his shit. Well, that's the thing. It's like, there, there are people that Damon is with to varying degrees of the word mm -hmm. on the show who don't challenge him the way Elena does yeah. and don't assert themselves around him. And you can tell that none of them are nearly as interesting to him mm -hmm. as Elena is. Yeah. Because he needs somebody who will not let him get away with shit. Mm -hmm. He's constantly pushing buttons to see what he can get away with. And a lot of people will let him get away with a lot. And yeah. Elena will not, ever. Mm -hmm. And he knows that. And that's why he appreciates her. Mm -hmm. And I really like that. 
Yeah, I think ship wars are stupid. They're so stupid. They're so stupid. And like, and like, this is, I mean, this is partially why I couldn't get into the Vampire Diaries when it was airing, yeah. because all of my friends were on opposite sides of ship wars, and I was just so, I love you all dearly. I was so bored. I'm sorry. I mean, I was just like. You were in it. <laughs> I was just like, Elena has two hands. Yeah. That's the was thing. Was my opinion. Catherine has two hands. Elena has two hands. As Catherine says to her, you know, it's okay to love them both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although the thing is, like, Catherine said it's okay. Oh, that means it's not okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is okay. Yes. Yeah, the road trip thing where she's asking him about, like, okay, so how are you, like, eating and drinking? It's like, aren't you, like, dead? <laughs> long as I have a healthy supply of blood in my system, my organs pretty much function normally. So I don't need to eat food, or but I enjoy it. And the thing about like alcohol and caffeine helping with the cravings for blood. Yeah. Like it's just a really cool little thing. And then like when Stefan's on a bender at the end of season one, and he's drunk constantly. Yeah. And the, the episode with Lexi as well, where she just, the guy's like, uh, I'm going to need to see some ID. And she's just compelled and goes, no, you don't. <laughs> and he's like, here you go. Yeah. And like, I, I appreciate that. These kids are drinking all the time. And I didn't even think about it because yeah. they're all at least 25. Mm-hmm. The one bar in town. Uh-huh. The Mystic Grill. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like Matt works there. The employees know that he's a high schooler. Yeah. I mean, all of these people are high schoolers. I hope you can hear my air quotes. Uh And and you should look at them and be like, huh, you probably shouldn't be drinking. You're supposed to see these teenagers Mm -hmm. and be like, oh, you shouldn't be drinking. But because none of them are actual teenagers, Mm -hmm. I didn't even think about it one time the whole show. I was just like, yeah, of course they're drinking. They're 25. But although like that is a thing that I I, I actually like that. It's more realistic for actual teenagers. They have sexual impulses and are mm-hmm. drinking underage. Mm-hmm. I mean, the like, only thing is they're drinking in a bar. where Yeah, like... that's the unrealistic <laughs> thing. Unless the vampires are buying the alcohol and have compelled the people. Yeah. But, you know. I was like, I don't know. Did I just have a, a very weird experience where I was not 17 in a bar drinking? Yeah. Because that I, that was not a thing for mm. me. Was I missing out? <laughs> yeah. Has TV lied to me? <laughs> There's a very early, I think it might even be the pilot, but it's a very early episode where Caroline is very sex positive. Good for her. On. She's like, yeah, get some. Just fucking get some. I raised my daughter well. Mm-hmm. And I love that because, you know, they are meant to be high schoolers and doesn't shy away from the fact that like they're 17 they're gonna be horny yeah you know that's why we have teen dramas you know because hormones because hormones Mm -hmm. it makes good television Mm -hmm. oh look at the kids living it up we're so proud of i remember being 17 (laughs) i was terrible and drinking and being horny on main Mm mm-hmm so. No, I was too. Yeah, it's realistic. Yeah. If only there were vampires. <laughs> I was going to say, I, we're missing some key components here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I but, didn't look 25 and there weren't any vampires. <laughs> but there was alcohol. There was alcohol. Speaking of. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Cocktail segment that we're doing now. We figured that a cocktail for the Vampire Diaries would actually be very easy because it has to be bourbon. Yeah. Like, it has to be be bourbon. And specifically, if you can get hold of it. I don't 
don't know if we can in the UK, which no. makes me very sad. But for those of you in the US, if this is a thing that you can still acquire. Mm-hmm. Paul Wesley and Ian Somerhalder released their own label of bourbon called Brothers Bond. Of course they did. <laughs> That's so stupid. I love it. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the best. Uh-huh. I love it. I hate it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what would it go with? I was thinking, okay, so a mint julep mm-hmm. is an idea with bourbon. I thought to be funny, uh, instead of mint, you could do vervain. I was going to say, vervain julep. does vervain have a taste? Like, I don't does know. it have a flavor? It, like, what would it add to it? I was thinking maybe, um, you know, like a ginger liqueur with the whiskey, or sorry, bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> I like bourbon and ginger. Yeah. That might just be me. But then you probably want, like, I don't know, soda with it. I'm trying to think, like... I mean, we could we could just do bourbon and ginger beer. Does that have a name yet? Can we steal that? Because, well, like, we drink that. I just don't know if it has a name. A oh. beacon mule. A beacon mule. What's that? What's this? I mean, it is very much like a Moscow mule. Like a mystic mule. <laughs> <laughs> because this person does not, does not explain why they call it a beacon mule. I don't know. What else could it have in it? Like, I'm trying to think. Like, you've got vein oak sunlight fire it's like the smoke kind of work like the smoky taste Mm. this is again just me i don't like smoky drinks is there anything like oaky um i mean bourbon (laughs) because it's the white oak thing oh yeah Um, i don't know maybe make a vervain julep tell us how it goes (laughs) can you google like what does vervain taste like Vervain. What does vervain taste like? Bitter. Bitter. Oh, this says, oh, well, it's for t- for tea, but it says to add a sprig of mint. So maybe you can just do a mint julep and add some vervain in there. <laughs> I think I'm calling it on the cocktail. It's uh-huh. going to be a vervain julep. Okay. Somebody make that. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't fancy that, you can go with a mystic mule. Yeah. Which is bourbon and ginger beer. Yeah. <laughs> that does sound really nice and i wish we had some right now yeah not that the wine isn't good because the wine is very good mm-hmm. i am always happy to have wine anyway yes. moving on speaking of the the brothers and their bond uh-huh. part of the reason why the later seasons that didn't happen didn't happen uh-huh. is the blood relation genetic stuff just goes too far it becomes too much yeah even in season one they're like that's too coincidental surely rick's ex-wife being your birth mother that's that can't that's too weird of a coincidence surely you've got all of this doppelganger bullshit going on yeah like it's not bullshit in the first three seasons like i but then in season four you find out that there's another doppelganger line okay that's stupid yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the oldest immortal in the world, not the oldest vampire, Stefan is a doppelganger of. Okay. Yeah. And um, Jeremy is one of the five, a group of hunters. And I don't think it's necessarily like a bloodline thing, but it mm-hmm. is like this kind of genetic predestined Yeah, and that's something I, I don't fuck with. Yeah. So yeah, there are only three seasons for me. I absolutely would not want to watch any no. more of that. Because even in the three seasons I've seen, it towed the line. And I was just like, mm, I don't like this. Yeah. I don't like it. I just don't like it. That mm, don't like it is tempered for me by the fact that you have Elena being adopted 
Yeah. And like it handles adopted family really well. Like Miranda and Grace are not absolutely Elena's parents. Yeah. And Jeremy is absolutely her brother. Yes. I appreciate that they came down on that side of it. I could have done without the lead up where um, it was like, oh, I need to know my birth mother. I need to know my real mother. I mean, it makes more sense in a time where she's just lost her parents. Yeah. Like, I do understand it, and it makes sense for her as a character. Like, Mm. I I understand why it happens, but also, it's just my personal hangups. I was just not enjoying it, and I was like, I'm tired of this. I don't want it anymore. And so to know that it got worse in the seasons that don't exist, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I wasn't going to be dealing with it. Yeah. I do like that you have a well-done adopted family and rick becomes part of their family he was dating their auntie for a while but he is absolutely part of their family yes it 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 genuinely like made me tear up when elena said to him in one of the later episodes that i saw Mm. she's like no you are our family you were there for us when we needed somebody your family yeah that's the shit that gets me that's the good shit where he is not blood family in any way, but he is their family. Mm -hmm. And I'm here for that. Speaking of Rick Hot. Rick Hot! And I'm upset about it. So hot. Because the thing is, we were watching this together, and Rick shows up, and he's real hot. And I was like, why does he look vaguely familiar? And it's fucking fucking Warner (laughs) from Legally Blonde, and I cannot fucking believe... You you made me into Warner, who is the worst. And he's not even cute and legally blonde. Why is he so hot in Vampire Diaries? That's not fair. Mm -hmm. I'm being attacked. I don't like this. He's so hot, though. He's stupid hot. It's upsetting how hot he is. And he's walking around without a shirt on, with chest hair. Mm -hmm. And I'm just... I Fucking Warner. (laughs) Well... There's, what is this as well? I'm naked, so I'm gonna go. <laughs> I was just sitting there fuming. Fuming. How dare you be cute in this moment, No! Sir. Warner. Yeah. Ugh. Get it, Jenna. Um, yes, good for her. Mm-hmm. I want to get it. Fucking Warner. <laughs> when he has all of these fucking tricked out vampire hunting weapons that he's made he's himself. so fucking hot. Like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like, the knuckle dusters with, like, wooden spikes on? Get the fuck out. Why is that so hot? I don't know, but it really is. Like, <laughs> I cannot even... Yeah, normally it, the vampires are the ones that I'm horny for, but yeah. I am horny for this vampire hunter. I know. What is this? Can I just say... I love being bi, and (laughs) (laughs) I just love that we're both having situations about this. Mm -hmm. This is good. Yes. Life is good. I don't understand not being bi for bi, (laughs) to be honest. This is the ideal situation. (laughs) (laughs) Where we can just both lose our minds about fucking Warner from Legally Blonde. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. Do you know what's weird as well? Like, like Nina's brave is really pretty, but like, I'm not attracted to Elena because she's no. she's baby, but Catherine hot. Mm-hmm. Like Nina's brave is really good. Mm-hmm. She's really good. Her performances are so subtle as well. Like, yeah. 
when you have the 3D chess of like <laughs> Catherine pretending to be Elena. Yeah. And like there's times where it's early on where she's not she's not as good at it. Mm-hmm. Um because she hasn't been around her as much. Yeah. So it's more obvious to the audience. Mm-hmm. than it is to somebody like Bonnie or Caroline who she's talking to and we're like oh that's Catherine yeah but there there was a time that she was that it was Catherine and I didn't realize yeah. it was Catherine and I was like holy shit when did she get good at being Elena uh-huh. what the fuck oh Catherine <laughs> Catherine's mind like she's constantly on another level mm-hmm. every time you think you've got her figured out she's just she's on the next level of 3D chess I just, oh, she's so good. I want to talk about Elena, though, because I yes. I love Elena. Yeah. And we mentioned that we were doing a Vampire Diaries episode and somebody was like, oh, I can't wait to hear you talk about how much Elena sucks. And I'm sorry to disappoint you, but Elena is my kryptonite. Like, yeah. that character is, every time, that is my girl. Yeah. A lady who sticks to her principles, even when it is difficult, and who never stops hoping for the best, even when it seems absolutely impossible, that is my girl every single time. That's why I am currently on the Mass Effect spiral I am on Mm -hmm. and have been on for, what, eight years now? (laughs) Like, that's why I've been on this bullshit for eight years, because Paragon Shepard is my kryptonite. Mm -hmm. Like, admittedly, Shepard is on a completely different scale from Elena, but even when the stakes are what they are for Elena, it would be so much easier for her to give up mm-hmm. on all of the people that she refuses to give up on. Yeah. And it would be so much easier for her to just walk away from all of this. Mm-hmm. And when things get rough with Stefan and she's like, you know what? I can't actually be with you. She's making the smart decision for herself, but then she also comes back to say, actually. <laughs> the thing with that though, is that she knows how hard it's going to be. Like she took the time away from him to assess Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she knows that this is practically impossible, but practically impossible is not impossible. And there is always that one last shred of hope that she is clinging to. And I love that about her. I love her so much because she doesn't give up on people. Even when they give her every reason to, she does not give up on her people. And that, I just love her. I'm sorry. If you don't love her, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. That's my hot take on this 13-year-old show is that actually, if you don't love Elena, I suggest that you look at that internalized misogyny and question it and come back to me when you have seen the truth (laughs) and you love her. She doesn't always make the best choices. No. She's she's flawed. She's human. And like that's the essential thing as well is like Elena is... She's a doppelganger, so she has the supernatural yeah. element, but she's she's human. Yeah. And you know? the thing is, if you are that sort of person, if you are going to choose to believe in people, even mm-hmm. when they give you reasons not to, you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. People are going to do exactly what they promised they would do, you know? You are going to get hurt over and over again. Mm-hmm. But it's the fact that she never stops believing. Like, yeah. she gets hurt over and over again, but... At the end of it, she says, but there's still hope that they might change. Mm-hmm. Just because they have done this every single time does not mean they can't choose better next time. Yeah. They always have that choice, and I will always keep believing that they have it within them mm-hmm. to make the right choice. And, oh, God, I just love it so much. Mm-hmm. I just love her. I love her so much. 
Everyone who hates her, I want you to know that I love her more than you hate her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am more powerful. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons that there are things that I like about her relationship with both brothers. Yes, 100 percent and i really i really thought at the beginning i was like oh i love stefan and elena there i'm never gonna be on board with damon and elena and i super was (laughs) i super got there but what i really 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 love about stefan and elena's relationship is that it doesn't work out yeah and i thought that was possibly the most mature thing that a cw show could do Mm -hmm. like i was shocked to be watching such a good breakdown of a relationship between Two people who love and care about each Mm -hmm. other and absolutely cannot be in a romantic relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. There is never going to be a point at which they're not in each other's lives. They absolutely still love each other, but they cannot make this relationship work. It Mm -hmm. is never going to happen again. And I thought the way that the show explored that and portrays that is actually so mature and so well done and so well written. Mm -hmm. Because, God, like, it sucks. It sucks. Mm -hmm. That's a situation that is real, and it sucks. And I'm just so glad that this show showed it so well. Mm -hmm. Doing that uh, simultaneously with developing her relationship with Damon. Yes. To a point where, like, because at the beginning, you know, I never understood, especially in season one, Mm -hmm. the thing of the love triangle, which brother will she choose? (laughs) And it's God, like that could like that's the way they sold it yeah. too. And I was like, this is so dumb. I'm but never like, gonna watch the show. If, this is so dumb. If you watch it, that is never an issue because Elena is like, no, Stefan. Yeah. She tells Damon it's always going to be Stefan. Yeah. She's like, if things had been different, and she says, you know, maybe if I'd met you first. And oh, you that get, killed me. Mm-hmm, and you God, got that, that killed heartbreaking me. thing where you find out she actually did, but he had to compel her. <sighs> That killed me. I know. Um, <laughs> he came into my life at a time when I really needed somebody. And so that's something that as much as I care for you now, Stefan is always going to kind of come first Yeah. in that way. And I really like when, when she's like, no, it's not right. And he says, no, it is right. It's just not right now. Yeah. And it's <laughs> just, it's really, it's really well handled. I mean, the the thing is, like, these relationships are between people in their, like, mid to late 20s, early 30s, because there's no way teenagers are doing this yeah. shit. Teenagers are not this smart. I say this as someone who was a teenager and was not this smart. <laughs> but, like, I, I personally love the relationships on this show. I mm-hmm. think they are so shockingly well done. These absolutely are not teenagers. <laughs> and that's why I like it. Because the, the shows on the CW, like the problem I have yeah. with CW shows is they are so very teenagers. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love accurate portrayals of teenagers, I respect that that exists. And I love that for teenagers who see themselves in those things. I am a thousand years old. <laughs> like I just don't have patience <laughs> for this shit. Jeremy is a well-written teenage he's boy. So, yeah. Because oh, it's like, oh, honey, that's so stupid. What are you doing? Oh, he's a stupid little baby, and I love him so mm-hmm. much. And he's so valid. Like, yeah. you go get a vampire girlfriend, honey. Mm-hmm. I respect you and I yeah. support you. Oh, Jeremy. He's so dumb. I love him so much. It's like, I'm going to cut my hand in front of this girl that I like who I think is a vampire and see how she reacts. Oh, that's so dumb. <laughs> Oh, sweet, precious child. (laughs) That's no way to be. 
<laughs> I believe in him. <laughs> I remember watching it and being like, oh, good for you, honey. But also this is, no, this is bad. But oh, sweetie, I'm so proud of you. But also go to your room forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're just on... Because you can't not talk about ships, unfortunately, with this. But uh-huh. um, I appreciate how the relationship between Matt and Elena is handled. Yes. Like, as them being like high school sweethearts and then like something huge happens in their life and she realizes kind of that she isn't in love with him. And, and that's, again, a really mature storyline. Yeah. Like, it would have been so easy for Elena to just keep coasting on that. And mm-hmm. to never really examine that. Yeah. Um, and I think that the way the show handled it was actually really smart and really well done. Yeah. And that, like, Matt still has feelings for her for a while because, like, he... Of course he, he does. Because he was deeper into it than she ever was. hmm Yeah. And he's... Because he's such a good guy. I love Matt. I love how kind of self-actualized Matt is. Yeah. Even when I'm furious with him, I understand why he makes the decisions mm-hmm. he makes. He seems always very sure of himself, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that. Yeah. He has principles that he will stick to, even if I think they're wrong. He's very much devoted to his own moral code, and I always appreciate that. Yeah. I just like that he's upset about, you know, Elena moving on and that, but he sees that Stefan's a good guy. Yeah. So he's like, okay, like, she seems happy with you, so I'm going to be mature about it. I'm going to give you some advice as well. (laughs) He's like, she really values honesty and loyalty, and if you keep lying to her, I don't know what's going on, but she will keep digging until she finds out what you're hiding. So just tell her. Yeah. And I love that. And I love that about Elena as well. I, again, think it's very maturely handled, the relationship, in that when she does find out, he's like, okay, give me a day to explain this to you and then whatever you decide i'll respect Mm -hmm. like but just give me a day to tell you these things and like explain where i'm coming from and what's going on Mm -hmm. i don't understand people who don't ship caroline and tyler i really don't i love their relationship i love them yeah i love both of them as people and how they both as individuals grow across the series like in season one if you had told me that by the end of season three i would be like my son every time tyler was on screen i would have laughed at you like he's a jerk in the first few episodes Mm. like he's an absolute dick and i just i love him he's such a good boy yeah he's a good pup he's my son now Mm -hmm. he's our son now Mm -hmm. and like caroline Caroline is a golden ray of sunshine mm-hmm. who is perfect and has never done anything wrong in her life. That's my daughter. I remember asking you like in terror, like, did people hate Caroline? Because <laughs> I was so worried that they would. But no, apparently they loved her, but they hated Elena. And that's also wrong. Yeah. But we've been over that. But, like people loved Caroline to a degree that is ridiculous and that it impacted negatively on all the other female characters. Yeah, once you mentioned that, I definitely saw that, and it's very upsetting still. I love Caroline, my beautiful, precious, perfect daughter. I absolutely love her. I also love Elena. I also love Vicky. I also love Lexi. I love Jenna. I love all of the ladies on this show. Bonnie. I love Bonnie. I love Catherine. Mm -hmm. I love Pearl. I love Anna. I wish we'd had more with Pearl. Yeah. So the time that this was airing... 
I was on Tumblr. I mean, I still use Tumblr, <laughs> but like... Oh, weren't we all on Tumblr? <laughs> I used to get enraged going in the tag, like looking for my ship, which we will get to. I have not... Like, oh, if you think this is feral already, wait. <laughs> but um, looking in the tags, I had to blacklist so many things to avoid. But one of the ships that I really just hated mm-hmm. um apologies but except no to... yeah like i don't want to be a thing bad podcast but also um you can talk about this yeah it was uh claroline i just even if i hadn't been shipping the thing that i'm gonna get feral about um, oh i can't wait i'm so the excited caroline and tyler is right there and canon and good and like why why do you want her to not be with this person who loves and trusts her and is willing to go through hell for her why do you want her to be with somebody who's awful i love klaus yeah but he's awful yeah i love klaus and i love caroline and in no way do i want those two to interact ever no because klaus i love for being horrible and delightful and terrible mm-hmm. and caroline is a perfect golden ray of sunshine and she deserves the world and klaus is not that person it's the thing of oh her love can make him good and like no caroline has so many commitments to her time already like she does not have time to fix klaus no sorry she just needs somebody who will worship at her feet enter tyler yeah it's just the it's not well written and that annoys me that like it is very poorly written because everything else is well written but it just kind of like klaus suddenly being like hey i fancy you is like where did that come from have you even met her before genuinely and like, there's so much good writing on this show that the bad writing just really really sticks out and yeah. that is really poorly written yeah i understand why you would having interacted with caroline fall for her she's yes. perfect but, but you, you don't deserve her. No. <laughs> she has every reason in the world to hate you, and she does. Later on, like, she does come to, like, see good bits in him, but it's not enough. She still hates Damon. Yeah. Like, she still hates Damon, and Klaus has done worse things yeah. to people that she loves and to her. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He made Tyler bite her. He ordered Tyler who was under, not compulsion, but essentially, uh-huh. to bite her. Which, in this law, a werewolf bite is fatal. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. to everyone else, but I love Caroline and want good things for her. Which apparently these people do, and they're like, oh, but he's promising to like take her all over the world to see art and things. And it's like, aha, uh-huh, Tyler, Tyler can, can buy that. plane tickets. Tyler's the mayor's son. Tyler has money. Yeah. Tyler is if, also immortal now. If you're like standard for Caroline's date friend mm-hmm. is they can buy plane tickets. That's listen, that's too low. I love Caroline and I have higher standards for mm-hmm. her. Somebody who is willing to go through the worst experience of their life a hundred times to avoid the chance of hurting her again. That is somebody who deserves her. Yes. Somebody who would make somebody that she loves try and kill her against their will Mm-mm. just no. to be a pawn in your games and he says to her i'm sorry it's nothing personal you're what's known as collateral damage and see that's the line that like i was like okay that makes sense and then to have that line followed up later with i fancy you i was like no that's not the situation we've established yeah and like, that's he- why it's poor writing because mm-hmm. the establishment directly contradicts what you're trying to make me believe now with no foundation 
we have already established the relationship between these two people and it's not yeah it's not going anywhere she's collateral damage he literally said so mm-hmm. to try to make me believe otherwise without actually convincing me it's telling and not showing yeah and i'm like oh he drew her a picture of a horse Bitch, I can draw a picture of a horse. Tyler's a really good artist too. Yeah. Like, we've established this. Tyler does art. He can draw a fucking horse as well. Like, you know what? Honest to God. Um, Anyway. Anyway, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah. It's the reason that, like, I had to suffer through Glamour Line Mm -hmm. was because I was looking for the thing that makes me absolutely Go off, babe. (laughs) Which is Klaus and Stefan. Can we talk about Klaus and Stefan? You can talk about Klaus and Stefan, Oh babe. Go my for it. god. I can't even deal with... It's feral time! You know how there's the, um, what's gayer, this gay thing, or whatever the fuck these two have going on? Uh-huh. It's whatever the fuck these two have going uh-huh. on. I am obsessed I know. <laughs> with this mutually destructive obsession that they have with each other. Uh-huh. I can't even. And watching it back, it's worse. Like, it's even more like, oh my god. <laughs> Just. <sighs> I remember years ago, before before I ever thought I would watch an episode mm-hmm. of The Vampire Diaries, you were like, I need you to watch the, this vid I made. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I will watch this vid you made with absolutely no context whatsoever. Like, I had no idea who these people were, but I watched your vid and I went, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see it. Mm-hmm. I see, yeah. Mm-hmm. Joseph Morgan is doing so much with his face at all times. God bless. Like his face acting. All the time with the face. Genuinely, like that face is a gift. <laughs> every, t- every time. Like, and that's another reason why, like, I could not get behind Klaus and Caroline. I was like... I don't know about everyone else, but I'm watching his face when he is acting with Stefan. And, um, listen, um, <laughs> like, oh my God, the, I, if the CW went fucking cowards as yeah. well, <sighs> how much good potential was lost to that five or six years where the entire American media was terrified of Fox news. We lived through that. What the fuck was that? Klaus as a character has been established as somebody who is ruthless. Like, mm-hmm. if you cross him, he will hunt you down and make your life miserable. Like, Catherine, mm-hmm. like he has hunted her down for 500 years and he is going to make her suffer for twice as long because she stopped his plans. Stefan interferes with his plans so many times, mm-hmm. directly pisses him off, kills his hybrids in front of him, does all of this shit and he never wants wants to kill him. Nothing makes sense if he is not in love with Stefan. Uh-huh. None of it. There's simply no heterosexual explanation. There isn't! There is not. It's just oh uh, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense unless he is in love with him. Mm-hmm. And like I think I lost my mind when I first watched the Chicago episode. I know this. I wasn't there, but I know this. Because watching back, like, the end of season two, where he says to Stefan, like, okay, I will heal your brother if you come with me. 
on like a 10 year bender like i want the the guy that was like this fantastic killer i would like to just spend some time with that guy that guy could be useful to me and like makes him drink a shitload of human blood and Mm -hmm. then the way that he is watching him drink that blood he just looks so turned on the Mm -hmm. whole time the whole time he is just looking at him with this fucking face and i i can't even deal with it um <laughs> I, what does he says is i have other plans for your boyfriend yes <laughs> when, like, Steph- I, re- I remember that line and i was like oh yeah okay. like stefan comes to offer himself as a sacrifice instead yeah for the the ritual and he's like mm, no fellas is it gay to offer yourself as a sacrifice for your ex-boyfriend's ritual <laughs> whatever the fuck they have going on truly like <laughs> Oh my god! Like watching the them just be like terrible murder boyfriends in the first couple of episodes, I was like, okay, I'm here for this mm-hmm. because again, it's Kevin Williamson who wrote Scream, and which is the murder boyfriend. That's the blueprint. Yeah, you know, it's like you know what you're doing, Kevin. Like you wrote Billy and Stew. Do not fucking tell me that you did not intend for this to be gay shit because mm-hmm. I know, I know. Kevin Williamson is gay. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows. Yeah. He knows what's up. Yeah. Kevin, I see what you're God, doing. God, I love queer people. We're the best. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> we know what's up always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's such cowardice. Like, when um, Stefan gets the hybrid guy, like, he gets, like, a little tiny bite. Uh-huh. And he's like, he, he bit me. Like, I need you to heal me. And he's like, I will. But go and do this first. <sighs> And then, like, when he does give him the blood, like, he puts it in a bottle of beer. Yeah. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Just let him fucking bite you. Yeah. We know what happened. Mm -hmm. Putting it in a bottle of beer doesn't make it less phallic, to be honest. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. You're not really making it less gay (laughs) by doing that. You think you are, but you're not fooling anybody. The thing that made me just lost forever on them was the flashback where... Because at this point, we, we know that, like, Klaus is a hybrid. And the very fact that it's implied that he has divulged that to Stefan mm-hmm. when they've known each other for, I don't know how long. Like, he knows Stefan's cupboard, his secret little cupboard that has his list of victims written on the wall, <laughs> which, that's some serial killer shit, Stefan. Yeah. Love that for you. <laughs> like... That's, I want all of the serial killer AUs, please. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I don't want to like retread over things we've already talked about, but I just love the initial presentation of Stefan as the good brother. And then more, the more you learn <laughs> about him, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like I love watching it back and all of the little hints of that as yeah. well. Like when he's talking Vicky through her transition and he's like, no, I know what it's like where all of these emotions and this rage and you just want to rip somebody's head off. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm just watching it back going, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, Stefan, honey, is that not just you? <laughs> Like, are you sure that that's everybody and not just you? Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, th- so that scene, like, the fact that Stefan has trusted him enough to show him his list of victims, that, mm-hmm. you know, okay. Which, like, the implications? Hey, Kevin, the implications? Why did you want that guy's name? Oh, because I write the name down of every every person I've ever killed so I can relive the kills. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, I know what that is, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, so he trusted him enough to show him that, and like Klaus clearly trusted him enough to tell him that he's part werewolf. Yeah. Because you have that conversation where he says your family is jealous of you because of what you are and he says just looking sadly at his glass he's like what an abomination and Stefan says no a king and like Joseph Morgan's face like he initially looks up at him with this like kind of like that little defiant pout that Klaus has of Uh like are you making fun of me and then when he sees the sincerity in Stefan's face like he just melts holy shit like how does anyone not lose their whole fucking mind like at that scene Holy shit. Like, I, every time I look I remember, at a gift set of that, I'm like, <laughs> I remember when I watched it and I, like, I knew that was the moment that you lost your mind. Yeah. And I looked over at you and you were just like this. <laughs> <laughs> holding my face. Like, yeah. Genuinely, I don't know how anyone watches that and doesn't lose their mind. Mm-hmm. Because, holy shit. Holy shit. He just does this little slow blink and then smiles. And it's like, the Oh my god. That's the moment that he fell in love with him. I know, I saw it. I saw it happen. You can see it. I saw it With your eyes. It happens on screen. It happened. And then he admits it. He says, yeah, no, you're right. I don't want to kill you. I'm still hoping that my friend will come back. Uh I'm still waiting for my friend. Yeah, oh my. There's no heterosexual explanation for that. No, there isn't. There is not. No. And can the other, <laughs> the other scene uh-huh. that I cannot deal with uh-huh. is like the fact that during this scene, Damon is like strung up and being oh my tortured. God. Holy shit! Okay. Like, and Rebecca is also there, uh-huh. but they might as well not be. As Elena says at one point, that sounds like a Klaus and Stefan problem. And I'm like, Elena, honey, my life is a Klaus and Stefan problem. (laughs) But anyway, Damon is just there being tortured by Rebecca. But it's not about that at this point. It's about Klaus and Stefan. And when Stefan, I can't remember what prompted, but he just says, what's wrong with you? And Klaus goes, what is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) And it's where he says, I have made myself a target for you to project all of your hatred onto so you're not so you're not hating yourself i've given you someone to hate so all of your rage and self-loathing is outward what the fuck is that babe fellas (laughs) i can't deal with it I mean, I've already said there is no heterosexual explanation, but literally, literally, I, like, I just don't know what to say. Like, that, if that doesn't make you lose your whole mind, why are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> Fuck off with your problematic ships. I relish them. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're so fucked up. But, oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I love you so much. That I am going to make you hate me so you don't hate yourself. Like, like what the fuck what is, is that is shit? That? I, I think you at one point said to me, it's very hand in unlovable hand. Yes. And I was like, yes, yes. Yes, it is. Yes. And boy, if that's not what we're all looking for in our fictional <laughs> ships. I just... <laughs> uh, 
if you don't have at least one hand in unlovable hand ship, what are you doing with your life? Truly, Live a little. Honestly. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. We've talked so much about... This is the thing. is it's a, it's a vampire show, but we've spent most of this talking about the relationships. But it's part of, like, what... It's very character-driven. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And the reason I don't acknowledge the latest is because it becomes too, like, soap opera-y in a non-fun way. There's all of these ridiculous, tenuous plot lines that become more and more stretching the limits of believability. And That's the thing, is, like, at some point, heterosexuality is just not realistic. Yeah. We have said in every single episode, and we'll continue to say for the rest of our lives, vampires are just queer. Yeah. I think the fact that Kevin Williamson was the showrunner really helps. Yeah. In terms of the sympathies that you have and the complexities of the monstrous characters. Yeah. Because, like, we didn't really talk so much about the queer experience as exemplified by vampires in the mm-hmm. vampire diaries there's definitely some queer experience stuff in there that they never name as queer experience because it's the cw and it was the time period in which everyone yeah. was terrified of fox news for some fucking reason mm-hmm. but the thing with caroline's dad and like the only thing i want to say about it because i don't actually want to talk about it it is very much of that era where you had to villainize somebody who is actually gay the only person in the whole fucking show that you can actually say is gay you have to make a villain because that's that's the 50s bullshit that we're still on in 2009 for or 2010 whenever it was Mm -hmm. for some fucking reason other queer coded like explicitly queer coded character is isabel Mm -hmm. like she has the um, yes that's right the two humans that she's picked up uh girl and a guy and they both have bite marks like on their thighs and chests and stuff and, mm-hmm. like, but she has compelled them mm-hmm. I, d- I do want to say just as a complete tone shift aside mm-hmm. thigh bites hot oh yeah we should do that more in vampire media mm-hmm. more thigh bites yes that's I, my statement like i will say i appreciate that you had isabel's bite mark on that girl's thigh like thank you for doing that mm-hmm. but yeah correct and valid and appreciated I'm just so fucking tired. But like Klaus's charming dramatics is very queer coded as well. Oh yeah. And it's just classic queer coding. I understand what's happening. I know that I am being exploited. I get that. But you know what? Gotta take my crumbs where I can find them. Mm -hmm. Until people get some fucking courage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Something that characterizes so much of this Mm -hmm. show is it's very real. Even when it's, you know, vampires and werewolves and stuff. It is it is very, very human and very real. Mm-hmm. One thing I will say in terms of metaphors, there comes a point where you have to actually have the people that you're talking about be represented. Yes. In a non-metaphorical way. Yes. And that's the thing is the only yeah. non-metaphorical that yeah. we get. Yeah. 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 So... I I am so used to seeing myself in metaphor, you know? That's why, like, that's why I love vampires Mm -hmm. and ghosts Mm -hmm. and all of our lovely supernatural creatures, because that's the representation (laughs) that we get. Mm -hmm. And the actual representation that we get in this show is Caroline's bother, and that's not cool. That's not cool. That's not okay. There's a children's book that I love that's called Alphonse, That Is Not Okay To Do. (laughs) So the Vampire Diaries, that is not okay to do. I'm so used to seeing myself Mm. in 
ghosts and vampires and stuff. I just want to see myself. And that's not something that we get very often, and especially not in American media, especially not in the time period that we're talking about at the moment. Anyway, vampires are queer, and you can't take that from me. Mm -hmm. As far as, like, recent modern vampire stuff go, it is definitely my favorite yeah. in terms of lore and, like, the depth of characters and, like, the writing, like, the pacing of it is so good. Yeah. Going into this, I expected some garbage but some fun garbage yeah. it wasn't garbage at all it was actually really good mm -hmm. and that's not at all what i expected that's all from us this week <laughs> you can find us on twitter at ether and icor email us at ether and icor at gmail.com or join the discord server happy haunt which is now a community server yes you might be able to find it i'm not sure but you can try. <laughs> There's a link in our link tree. You'll yeah. find it. If you'd like to support the podcast, please leave us a review on Podchaser. We also have bonus episodes and research notes on Patreon and Kofi at VC Audley. We'll be back in two weeks talking about vampire panics. Mm. For now, we'll lift a glass and say goodnight. Pleasant dreams. Pleasant dreams.